Welcome to a new episode of NY Just Fans um, Draft Special with host David Sean, Chris, and Kyle. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast as we're going to review to y'all um, the draft class of the tackles and the guards, which was very interesting. So um, I guess I guess Chris, go right ahead and give, give us the start for the uh, the tackles that you that you like. All right, tackles. <clears throat> I number one. I'm going to stay with the the perennial. Number one guy in Sewell from Oregon. I mean, he's easily the number one guy. But um, after that, it's going to get a little trickier. I got Darisor at number two uh, from Virginia Tech. I got Rashawn Slater at number three. Uh, number four, this is where I was going back and forth, and we were talking about it before we went, before we started this, with uh, Vera Tucker from uh, USC because – He's being listed as a guard on a lot of people's lists. Um, maybe that's where he's going to end up in the pros. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to I'm going to keep him on my tackle list. I'm going to keep him number four because he's so highly rated. Um, and if a team moves in the guard, then that's what they do. But uh, number five, I I wanted to bring in a Michigan guy. I'm going to bring in Jalen Mayfield. He's only got uh, what 15 starts, but and he did opt out. Oh, no, he didn't opt out, but they did have limited games last year. Um, in 19, he did play against Chase Young, and he handled himself pretty good there. Um, but um, that's that's my five. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead, Devin. <laughs> God damn it. You know, it was put, put me on spot. <laughs> All right, um, I got I got C I got C well I got C well from um from Oregon. Um, my second one I got I actually got Rashawn Slater as number two. Me and Shaman was uh discussing this. Um, and so I know Shaman is gonna laugh at this because he he actually made a point about um Slater with the with the small hands and he could possibly be moved to guard. So. So he'll be numbered like a like a one or two in the, in my guard <laughs> in my guard draft as well. So we don't know what they're gonna do with him, but Slater is definitely definitely up there. Uh, I got I got uh, Devin Shaw at number three from Virginia Tech. Um, it was it was really kind of difficult for me. So yeah, I like um, I got uh, number four. I got uh, Jenkins from Oklahoma State, and number five, Lord Jesus, number five. I got uh, Walker Little from uh, Stanford. Like I said, it was very tough because I had nice. to really watch film. I had I had to really I had to really watch it. I had to be on the shine, uh, private eye mission. So it was it was tough. It was tough for me, but but yeah, they, it's, it's basically they got better tackles than uh, guards because the guards are very difficult. So no, that that was my top five. Okay, um, as I said, for me, I have uh, to me the obvious choice as um, Sewell is number one. And so the guy is just a freak athlete. Um, and like I said, he's only 20. So I can only imagine him, you know, getting better and stronger uh, on the next level. Um, for two, I also have Slater. Um, I think 
with Slater, he's he seems to be a little bit more um, technically sound than Sewell in terms of you know just some of um, his blocking techniques, like his stuff. footwork. Yeah, yeah. footwork. Um, um, I was watching a video and they was showing him going up against. Um, they was going showing him going up against um, Young and was talking about some of the techniques he used to kind of like neutralize Young, which, you know, that's a, you know, that's a, uh, a big effort, <laughs> you know, a great accomplishment if you can, if you can slow that guy down. <laughs> yep. Um, um, okay, for number three, I have, which I guess, like you said, people have him as a, as a guard as well, but I have um, Tucker, as my number three, um, I and I have him there also because of versatility. Because I said I know at one point he had played um, right tackle, and I think they mm-hmm. moved him over to left guard. So um, having that versatility to not only play guard and tackle, but to play both the left and right side, I think, um, you know, just shows his his. You know his overall um, O line abilities. You know, um, number number four, I have um, Davishaw. I said the kid is um, very athletic, um, like strong at the um, the point of um, you know contact with the, the defender. Um, my only issues with him, what I saw um, sometimes his, you know, his, his handwork can get kind of um, sloppy. And I've also seen in certain cases where he gets locked on to his assignment. And like once his assignment's out of the play, he doesn't really look to block elsewhere. Mm. But um, I think, you know, from a coaching standpoint, you know, that can be cleaned up. And my five is um, Jenkins. And I say he's, um, to me, I think he's, he's on the, I'm going to say on the level of Slater, because I think Slater is probably the most technically sound out of all of them. But I think with him, he's good at all, like, like an all around aspects of the position even though like I say I think he only played um he only played uh right tackle if I'm not mistaken but to me I say I think he was um pretty good at or just good at all the aspects but not great at any one thing yeah, yeah. Uh, that that you guys you guys did a really good job man I gotta say um and because uh, it, because some of those guys, there's there's like the clear number one and two um, guys at tackle. Um, but my but my I separate with you guys a little bit because I I of course Penny Sewell is the better tackle. Not only like like Kyle said, it's not only because of the athleticism and the power and and the speed and all that stuff. But if he's that good now. 
wait till he gets with a pro coach that gets to teach him within a system. It's going to be crazy. It's kind of scary to think of what he could do. Um, where I separate, and it's kind of difficult because what I like in tackles is athleticism and footwork. And my thing, there, there's a slight difference in, and as much as I like Rashawn Slater, mm-hmm. and I, I would like him to be my second tackle because he's so good as a tackle. I gotta hit him for the for the short arms, man. And and I know a lot of people are gonna say, oh, you know, that's not really a thing because once you have the technique down, listen, you're playing against guys with the with arms that 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 go all the way past their knees, and they and they could get to your chest, and they could clean their chest because your arms are not that long. You can't get to their chest, you know, get to their shoulder, and they could get further from, um, get you away bull rush you that way and even if again because of technique you know Slater just he, he you know there's so many times I've seen him recover from stuff like that it's kind of crazy but I just like the potential of Christian Darisol more um, so I have him as my second tackle I have Slater as my third and uh, um, my fourth I have uh, Vera Tucker as my fourth tackle because again I just do not understand. Maybe because I am a junior or I'm green around the gills when it comes to evaluating tackles, I don't get the the um, projection to guard for tack for Tucker. I see a tackle, you know. So uh, Tucker is, and then the, again, like I said, because of fluid mo- movement and strength at the point of attack, I like. That's what I like out of. Uh, out of tackles, Jalen Mayfield is my fifth tackle because, you know, he played in Michigan. He played against some of the best pass rushers in the last couple of years, and he held his own, man. So I can't, I you know, I can't put, a, I can't put some guys that I've never seen go up against those kinds of guys day in and day out, every Saturday like that, the kind of guys he was facing and, and coming up with the kind of performances that he did. Uh, I can't, I can't move him down the list, you know, even if I think there's certain things of his game that needs to fix. Like I said, as a prospect, you give him to a really good pro offensive line coach. And man, I have, I, I think that, I think he has a pretty high ceiling as a tackle. So that, so that questions, um, <clears throat> how many of these tackles could we see uh, be drafted in the first round? I'm going to say at least five, maybe six, but I'm going to say at least five. Ooh. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of tackles going, man, because yeah. that that's we've, we've in the last couple of years, we've talked about how the talent at tackle has been kind of crazy. It's kind of here and there. And there's even been a lot of conversion tack guys playing tackle because a lot <laughs> of, of, a lot of those, uh, um, you know, outside zone plays where you need a little bit more athleticism. And that's why there's another reason why I projected a lot of those guys in front where I put them because they just have the typical uh, or typical uh, kind of body size, movement skills, athleticism that you would need in a, in a wide zone, a mid zone kind of any kind of zone blocking you where you need to be in space. You need those guys to have 
a lot of athleticism and power at the point of attack. So I, I think I think people are going to be taking a lot of those guys um, early. Um, I think I think at least three of them are going really high, and uh, some of them, some a couple of them might drop to the second round, but they're going to be taken early. Like in the top 100, there's going to be a lot. There's a good amount of tackles. Probably all the guys we mentioned are going to be going in the top 20. Yeah, I mean, you got Sewell, Darasaw, Mayfield for sure. Um, And then, you know, the other guys that we said that might switch over to guard, uh, Tucker and Slater, you know, they're going in as a tackle. So you got to add those two also. So that's at least five. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you know, I then, see about five. Yeah. Yeah. I and agree. you might see uh, it it really depends on how the top of the draft goes, but you know, maybe even Trey Smith goes. Um not, not Trey Smith. Uh you might even see Jenkins from o- Oklahoma State. Yeah. Um there's guys, there's guys that I like too, like the kid from Notre Dame, uh Eichenberg. Yeah. Eichenberg yeah. is a is a guy that could go. Yeah. And he's not, and and I'm. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's a first rounder. Um, neither would I say he's a second rounder. Might maybe late second rounder, maybe early third, mid third. Um, Alex Leatherwood is another guy. I think that that could go, you know, middle second round again with, uh, with uh, teams looking for their uh, with a stable, you know, a stable player at tackle. I think Alex Leatherwood is pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So yeah, you'll see a lot of you'll see a lot of those guys get picked. So I like I said in the top one hundred, there's going to be a lot of tackles getting picked. Yep. Well, the last question before we move on to the guards. Um, since Noah Noah Fant had a had a good season for us, and I ain't hearing nothing about uh Edoga, if that's his name, is other right tackle. Um, do you do you see the Jets actually keeping um Noah Fant? Um, I know his contract is a little crazy, but at least he had a decent season. I'm not saying this. You mean George Fant? Was the best. Yeah, George Fant. Whatever. George Fant. Sorry. I'm sorry. My head is, it's okay. My head okay. is a little messed up from last night. Excuse <laughs> me. I had a little drinky drink last night. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, but yeah, George Fant. Sorry. Yeah. Do you see George Fant actually staying? Um, we know his contract was a little crazy, but he actually had a decent season this season. Um, wasn't it wasn't the best, but it was good enough. So, so y'all y'all see him staying, or or what's the what's the move with him? I got this. I the first time I ever heard of George Fant was when there was a part when they said there was a possibility that uh, JD was going to get him, and the first person I spoke to was Joe Joe Blewett. And Joe blew it at the time, even before he released it on Twitter. On Twitter, I remember uh, we having a conversation about what he saw George Fent as, and he, he he was showing the film about George Fent earlier, and and how athletic he was and everything like that. But he was just so raw as a tackle, and he did not have a lot of starts as a tackle. That everybody kind of jumped on that and made that the thing. And they're like, oh, this guy sucks. There's a reason why a former offensive tackle turned GM would look at this guy and pay him, you know? So the conversation was like, oh, yeah, so let's look more. And then down the stretch, you started seeing him becoming better and better and better and better as a tackle. The same thing happened 
when he started for the Jets. He just kept getting better and better. And he does not have a lot of starts as a tackle. And he just needs more seasoning. And I think the better, the longer he plays, the better he's going to get because he has the requisite strength and athleticism to play the position. I would not move away from him. I think it would, it, I think people are talking about getting other players. He, he's already in house. We could use that pick for something else. I think he's, he has the potential to be a solid right tackle. So I, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't move away from him. I would keep him and address the interior. Yeah, I agree. You know, maybe a tackle later on, like in the later rounds, just for depth. But um, yeah, I I wouldn't, I would definitely stick with Fant. Um, It wasn't like you said, he got better during the year. By the end of the year, I thought he was pretty solid. You know, he's not going to be Becton, of course. (laughs) But um, I, I think he's solid and he's still, you know, decent age. I think he's 28, so that's not bad. He signed for another year, so you know why not keep him? Um, but um, I, I could see them drafting one later on in the draft, but not not early on. Like you said, early on we got other bigger holes to fill, much much bigger holes to fill. So uh, yeah, I, I definitely think. So so good. what about uh, Chuma Doga? Because I because I ain't really hear, hear his name like that. Like, do we get a back back of right tackle or? Or throw a left tackle, you know, to let the guy. I don't know. I, I I just never heard his name, so I don't know what's going on with the kid. Well, he he did have a few starts, right? Yeah. Because yeah, I think okay. there was a time when George when George Fant went down, and he had a couple games. He missed a couple games, and the same problems kind of raised their head with with Chuma Odoga. His anchor is questionable. Um, his technique is questionable. Um, but as a as a as a backup. You 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 can't you don't have the best, you know. You're not getting the best of the best when somebody's a backup. But the thing is, he was all he was always a very promising player. So um, I understand them keeping around. I also understand if they see somebody in the draft that projects to be better than him, they would draft as a backup and then let him go. Go ahead, Kyle. Sorry to yeah. cut you off. <laughs> nah, sorry. Right. Um, I would say. Um, for me, like I said, I would what I would do is have Fant, you know, be the projected starter, and I would look to draft one of these guys that can um, inevitably play either tackle or guard, and like have mm. a competition for them. So whoever the best player is at tackle, you let that person play. So if it's Fant, you keep Fant, and then you move the second guy over the guard. But if it's, you know, if it's the, the rookie comes in and he just outright plays, you know, better than Fant, then you give him the job. And then based on, uh, I guess, who else is on the, the roster at the time, um, Either you keep Fant, even though I know his price tag is a little high, but at this point, you know, uh, cap space is not an issue for us, you know. So I don't see um, dumping people that that are actually, you know, good talent on the on the sake of saving some dollars at this point because as I said we have the cap. Yeah, and he's not getting paid much. He's still on a rookie deal, right? So, like, I can't see why not keeping him for depth, you know. 
Right. Yeah. I agree. Great points. Great points. Um, all right. I guess we move on to guards. Uh, it's a lot of raw. It's a lot of raw talent. Well, raw prospects. I'm not even gonna call it talent. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I could, I could start this off. Um, I got Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State. Um, Rashawn Slater. He could be moved either or. And of course, Tucker. That's why I didn't say Tucker because he was both. So it was very tough for me. But I could after that I could just do a couple of mentions. I don't I don't have that wasn't my favorite position. Um, you got Dickinson, Alabama, uh, Humphrey, Oklahoma. He's okay. Um, and Lord Jesus, um, and Ben Cleveland out of Georgia. I don't like I said it wasn't the guard wasn't my favorite. So um, go go right ahead, Chris. You can you can uh, you can go go next. All right, I just had Davis as my number one. Um, and then I had Creed Humphrey. You know, we're going to mix in the centers too. So Creed Humphrey, probably more of a center. Josh Myers, another Ohio State kid. He's more of the center as well. Uh, Trey Smith from Tennessee. Uh, and then Dickerson, like you said, from Alabama. He's going to be, you know, again, center or guard. Um, that's my top five. Thank you, Kyle. Okay. Well, um, for me, as I said, since we're, like I said, we're incorporating the guards and the centers, um, to me, I, my top guy is Humphreys. Um, I think for me, he's, he seems to be, I guess, the more of the, the most athletic of the group. So, and I said the, the fact that he has the ability to play center and guard, I think is um, is a plus. Um, next, I have um, Dickerson. I think, uh, again, someone who can play both center and guard. Um, not as athletic, but um, has the, um, I said, has the, the technical ability to, like, to make up for some of his um, lack of athleticism. Um, I know a lot of people are going to probably get on me about this, but like I said, um, the, the most mentioned person as, as, um, Wyatt Davis, I'm, for whatever reason, like I, I've watched his, his film and to me, I don't know, like there's nothing that I've seen. Maybe I need to watch more films, but, um, that pops out to me to say that this guy is you know this dominating force at guard like i i watched um some film last night and i think it was of the penn state game and in certain cases he had good blocks and then other cases i've seen you know guys tossing him to the ground i'm like okay if this is supposed to be you know <laughs> one of the top guys you know coming out he shouldn't be getting tossed to the ground by anybody you know um but I do have um, the the rising star, the guy um, Quinn um, Quinn Meniers from um, Wisconsin Whitewater. As a guy, he plays again both plays center and guard, and he had a really standout uh, performance in in the Senior Bowl, which you yes. know got him from being unrecognized to, I think, a projected 
third round, third round pick. And um, just hearing some of his backstory, because I think because of the, you know, the COVID, I think they didn't have the season or whatever. And they was talking about this guy's worth that. And he said um, he was like up in the, the woods somewhere with his uncle or something like that and training by moving boulders around in the, in the forest and chopping wood. And he taught himself how to snap by um, snapping into a garbage can. So to me, like people like that, that can find ways to, to um, improve themselves in the, the minimum of conditions, I, I believe, you know, is a, a plus from, you know, from the intangible level. Was that um, a was that an offensive line story or the Rocky Five? Well, it's, it's a combination <laughs> of both, man. Like, so you got to give that guy credit if he's looking to you know to make a way to improve himself. So true, I agree. Um, and I think what was that three, four? Oh, um, Ben Cleveland from Georgia. Um, I think he's um solid guy. Like one of those people that's again that's good, good at a lot of things, but not great at any one thing. And I think was that five? Oh no, the last one um, I have is um, Josh Myers. That's another guy, uh, combo um, center guard guy. But I, I, I like um, I like a lot of his. Um, it's technique and he seems to be a pretty decent athlete as well. So yeah, that's my five. Yeah. Um, this, this is interesting for me because um, this is the first time we're doing this and actually going through this, um, being able to try to, well, or try to project players at a certain position when, when um, you know, you, you just trying to figure out what you like and what your likes and dislikes are when it comes to specific positions. I always knew what I liked about tackle. When it comes to interior players, it's a little harder because I know a little bit about um, about what's needed playing the position um, interior-wise. And and uh, some, especially now in the new, in 2021, a lot, um, as much as back in the day, there was more of a phone booth mentality of, you know, kind of, uh, when it comes to interior players, I think there's a little bit more of this running running into space situation with, with interior offensive linemen now. So with that said, my best of uh, my best interior players were Sean Slater. I mean, I in my like as good as he could be as a tackle, <laughs> but it just it just because of his steadiness and his his anchor and his technique. And how quickly he could recover from from getting bull, bull rushes and, and and being able to get his hands in into places where even with his his problems at with length, um, where he could like literally stymie um, rushes because of um, the way he does. I think he could play center. I think I think that's where you should he should be projected. So that's one of the reasons why I have him first as my interior player. Um, my second is Wyatt Davis. Um, uh, he's more of a god, and this dude is power personified, in my opinion. That's why I have him in my top five. Um, of course, a little bit raw, but um, 
but he has the movement skills and the power to play inside. Um, another name that another name that came up for me was Jackson Carmen. Um, Jackson Carmen, man. Another another thing, like like I said, I think I think the more I watch interior play, I covet more power. You know, because you have you have all these teams running TE stunts and ET stunts, and you just have the a slight time to get a strike in and stymie your 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 pass rusher, and these guys that have the power to get one shot and kill a rush dead in its track is guys that I really like. So I I'm gonna stay with guys I think that could do that. So he, in my opinion, um, projects as a really as a really good. I'm not gonna play the game of putting Tech Tucker as a guard. Not gonna happen. In my opinion, he's a tackle all the way. If if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. <laughs> that's it. Um, Trey Smith again, another guy that's very powerful. Um, and and to round up my top five, David Moore. All right. So without without even knowing, y'all gonna know the question. Um, with Conor McGovern being our center, but uh, some people said he played better as a guard. Um, where where you see? Um, I know we, we might sign some guards, but where do you see um, actually trying to draft one of these guys? Got to um, draft one of these guys. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have a choice, man. Um, either either we do we because whatever we do in free agency, we got to pick up somebody. And and I know all Jets fans are in love with the Patriots uh, left guard um, Joe Thune. And I, I man, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, that, that would be a blessing if, 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 if the Jets could get him. Um, uh, or what's his name? A uh, former of Washington guard too. Uh, can't remember his name off the top of my head, but, but there's a, there's a couple of guys you could get in free agency. That doesn't, the fact that we have more than one hole to fill means that we have to get one of them in free agency and get one of them in the draft. So um, I would go one of them in free agency and two of them in the draft, to tell you the truth, because um, you can't have enough interior play, interior um, offensive linemen. And you, you have to have depth. You have to have talent. I mean, play, teams like Green Bay and, and the Saints have shown that over and over again, that they could have multiple guys go down and they're just pulling guys off the bench and they're starting and they're playing really well. So I think I think uh, uh, JD is definitely going to look at this and and with the with I think there is a good talent. I think there's good talent to be had on off in offensive line dra in this draft. I think he's going to do a lot to um, to kind of um, foster the depth in in the in the Jets locker room when it comes to offensive line, and especially the fact that we have. We have guys that are older and a uh, little less talented. We could keep them as backups and we could um, get the youth and sign somebody big. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Definitely, man. Add depth, uh, maybe even draft, like you said, a couple of guys. Maybe not in the first two rounds, but definitely at some point, we're going to see a couple of guards being added. Definitely free agency one or two, and then maybe even through the draft as well. There's a name. I'm I'm sorry, not to cut you off, but there's somebody that I that in my notes. I'm just I just looked at. There's a name that I should have brought up 
um, the Georgia uh, center, um, Trey Hill, which I think is a name that should have been mentioned, but uh, <laughs> forgive me for that. I forgot to mention, but go ahead. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm surprised that uh, I'm surprised that you uh, put um, the Gremlin dude in there, so David Moore. As, as, you uh, mentioned him to me. It was you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I went but, to watch him. I was pretty impressed. Yeah, as I said I, I see us. I see us definitely um, uh, grabbing O line. I would say to me with um, between second and third round, and I'm going to say that because there's some of those guys that's there that because of their versatility. Um, would definitely be a plus like um like a, a a Humphreys or a Myers who can play center or guard mm. you know so the fact that we already have McGovern who's capable of both I can say same thing like with tackle you bring someone in and have them compete because at the end of the day you know you can move that person over to the next side and if the starter goes down you can slide them right back into the center position and it will still keep somewhat of a continuity with the, the line in terms of, um, you know, with people playing together. So um, the, the, the level of versatility that some of these guys have, I think will definitely benefit them in terms of their draft stock. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Um, well, this was, this was, this is probably the quickest one that we did so far. So, uh, if we got a little bit of time, let's um maybe top five, top ten, uh, mock draft 1.0. Um, just like I said, it could be five to ten. It doesn't have to be a major number because I thought we was going to be a little bit longer, but apparently it was a little bit shorter than what it is. So, um, Chris, if you if you got got your top five in hand, um, top five for your mock draft or top ten, um, you can name them. I would say, well, number one is going to be the easy one, right? Uh, definitely. Mr. Yeah, Lawrence. Definitely Lawrence. <laughs> and then number two, number two is really where it's going to get tricky because it really depends on what we do. Um, if we're going to hold on to the pick, like I'm going to go without trades, you know, I, that's, that's the way I've been basically doing it because, you know, it's hard to go with trades because you don't know who, who's going to want to trade up and all that. So I'm going to go without a trade. So I'm going to go number two. Uh, we'll, we'll be taking Zach Wilson. You know, we'll be trading. Uh, we're going to be trading um, Sam at some point, probably at the draft or after the draft. Um, and then number three, the Dolphins, that's another team that could be <laughs> looking to trade out of that position too. But if they're going to stay right where they are, I'm going to go with uh, Jamar Chase. Um, they, they need help at uh, wide receiver. Um, and then number three is, I mean, I'm sorry, number four is the Falcons. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to guess, I'm going to say the Falcons are going to draft Fields. Uh, they wow. Got, yeah, they got Matt Ryan there um, for, what, another year or two. So I could see them thinking about the future at quarterback and, you know, maybe they could sit fields for the year and learn from Matt Ryan. Um, that would be my pick there. Number five, 
Who's five? Um, Bengals. The Bengals. Bengals, I think they're going to go for Sewell. They need a protector for their quarterback. And you know what? A lot of people aren't talking about it, but he had a pretty serious injury, uh, Burrow. And um, let's see how he let's see how he responds and he comes back. Um, so I, I'm definitely going to put Sewell there at number five to get their protector for him. Uh, number six is the Eagles. The Eagles, another t- <laughs> another one that might trade down, but I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go. Man, there's so many directions here for the Eagles. <laughs> uh, oh man, you know decisions. <laughs> I know the last one I did, I did put Pitts there. Uh, Kyle Pitts. Um, that that's a possibility with Ertz. Yeah, with Ertz, yeah Ertz is definitely gone. So I I think uh, all right, I'll, I'll stick with Pitts there. Um, and then the Lions at seven. I got Farley to corner. You know they traded away Slay last year, and they definitely they need help in a lot of positions. Um, but definitely corner. Uh, number eight, Carolina. I think they're the team that's going to roll the dice and draft Trey Lance. Um, number nine with the Broncos, they're going to take uh, the next corner, Patrick Satan. And number 10 to round out the top 10, Dallas Cowboys. They're going to go with Slater. Um, they need help at the, on the offensive line, you know, and they, and they've been built so many years through the offensive line and they've kind of gotten weak the last couple of years. And it's shown with uh, Zeke Elliott, not exactly performing too well this year and with Dak getting hurt. So I'm going to go Slater there at number 10. That was very interesting. Um, I, all right. Trevor Lawrence, number one, I'm going to do a different route from you, Chris. Um, if the Jets was to trade, uh, I actually did a trade with the Lions on Minds. And, oof, was it the Lions? Yeah, I think it was the Lions. Lions number seven. Let me see. I actually, yeah, traded with the Lions. Um, And if the Lions was the trade, I would have the Lions getting Jamar Chase from number two. Just, just because they probably would really like the guy and the Lions probably would do a major trade. If that, if that was to happen. Um. Number three, who was it? Uh, the Dolphins. Dolphins. Number three. Uh, Lord, that's the now that's a tough decision right there. <laughs> um, unless if the Dolphins was the trade trade with the Jets. Uh, number three, I would have them getting a wide receiver. Uh, I would have them getting Devonta Smith. Number four, who was number four again? The Falcons. Okay, the Falcons. I would I would get Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson would be number four, hands down. Uh, number five is the Bengals, Seawell, uh, um, out of Oregon. Number six was the Eagles, right? Yeah. I, I agree with Kyle um, Pitts. Seven is the Jets. I actually got them getting uh, Parsons out of um, Penn State. Wow, nice. Um, so yeah, I, I would go with Parsons number seven. Um, that that's definitely putting that defense in a in in a better you know in a better direction. So that would be my number seven. Number eight would be who's number eight? Who's, Panthers. 
Panthers. Panthers, thank you. Um, oof, that's that's tough. Like that. <laughs> All right, the Panthers is tough for me. Um, they need a quarterback. So I got Justin Fields number eight, which which would be which would be good for them. Number nine, Broncos. I'm, Broncos, Broncos thank you. Oh, Broncos. Matter of fact, yeah, I got them getting uh Patrick Satang. And number 10, the Cowboys is oh my god. They they you're right, Chris, about the O-line, but they need some help on defense too. Oh yeah. Mm. No, no doubt. <laughs> so this is like this. <laughs> so this is tough. This, like this is really tough. This is really tough. That that is really tough for me. Um I actually got them. You know what? I think they'll take the gamble and draft uh, Slater. I think I think they will do that and stick with the with the offensive with the um with the O line to try to build it up. But they really need help on defense too. So that was very tough. But that but that was a good one. Go um whichever one is next. Uh, you Sharman or you Kyle? Um, yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. Okay. Um. Yeah, at this point, I have uh, um, most likely Lawrence going one. Um, at two, um, like I said, for me, in most in most scenarios, I, I I see a trade down with us because just the level of draft capital that we can obtain from the number two pick. Um, I don't see any one player that we pick there equaling the possible three to four players that we can get from trading down. Um, so, so who would you? So, who would you? Uh, what team is you trading? Trading from? Who is um, you trading with? For me, I would say the lowest to go, and with the the biggest need to me would be the Broncos because um, I see the Broncos as being a quarterback away from being competitive, you know, in the division, which they have um, right now, they're easily have the worst quarterback in their division with um, going mm. up against uh, Mahomes and uh, Holmes, uh, Carr, and, uh, Herbert. And, uh, Herbert, you know, so easily they they have the the worst quarterback in the division. So to me, I I would see them um putting the chips on the table to move up to two to um to select uh Zach Wilson. Gonna say, wow. I think, that's I, interesting. I, yeah, because I I. I at this point, they have the other weapons. Like they have at least three or four receivers that are productive receivers. They have um, a good tight end. You know, they have the old everything on offense for the most part, except for the quarterback. So to me, it only makes sense for them to um, to pull the trigger for that. Um, at three for the Dolphins. Um, I see them going uh, Jamar Chase because uh, uh, they have Parker who, um, you know, stepped up this year. 
So I think adding someone like Chase to the opposite side of him would, you know, really uh, help their offense. Um, at four, at four, I see the Falcons just sticking with Ryan because at this point, um, if you look at, you know, their season last year, scoring points wasn't a problem. It was the fact that they were, you know, uh, giving up points at, you know, ridiculous levels. So um, I think that they wouldn't, you know, pull the trigger on a quarterback, but um, for value reason, I think that they would probably go with Penny Sewell there because they have an aging quarterback and putting someone like him on the line to make sure, you know, Matt's upright to, you know, to, to make plays. I think that's uh, where they would go. Um, at number five, at number five, I actually see the Bengals uh, going with uh, Kyle Pitts. And I, I say Pitts because um, what's the name? Uh, uh, T. Higgins has, you know, came into his own last year. Um, and I believe, you know, with uh, A.J. Green going on the way, you know, pretty much on his way out because I believe he's a free agent. So they're going to need um, – I can see Pitts being that security blanket for him at tight end, uh, you know, in that offense. Um, as far as the Eagles – I see this is a tough one because I, I really don't know where they're going to go with Hertz. If they, they're, they're really looking to have him be the starter and then just have someone compete with him for it. Or if they're looking for someone who they feel is better and have Hertz come in and say, if you want the job, you have to take it from this guy. Um, uh, with that said, I would think they would go at this point, though, I think they would go uh, wide receiver, and I think they would probably take Devontae Smith, and I say that because they're they're about to lose um, I think, as in um, Jeffries, I believe, is a free agent now, and I think they're going to need someone to replace them with their, their wide receiver core isn't the, you know, the, the greatest. So whoever they have a quarterback is going to need weapons to throw to. So I have them going Smith at um, six. Um, the Lions, uh, the Lions, I would say they should, they would probably go Parsons at seven, um, they need help on the defense uh, dramatically. They're not great. So um, let's see. The Panthers at eight, I would say, goes uh, Justin Fields. Um, I know. I think I believe that you know they're looking to move on from um, Bridgewater. So that would be you know the next best quarterback on the board at that point. Um, at nine for the Jets, um, 
being that uh being that uh JD is a, a guy that builds in um the trenches and looks to develop from from the line. Uh, I don't know, because in my scenario, I actually have um, I actually have in a, a couple of my mock drafts with them picking um, the top player that they need at nine. So I say in this case, let's say um, Quiddy Pay from Michigan, because I said we definitely need a a pass rusher, um, and then. At ten, I would say, um, I can see the Dallas Cowboys selecting Sertan because, yeah, their defense also was atrocious. All right, so that's up right. to you, Shami. Go right ahead. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wasn't. Um, all right, I don't really do mock drafts. I just, I really just pay or normally just pay attention to the position, uh, the positions. And, uh, but of course, I have had my ear, ears open enough to kind of be watching and team needs and stuff like that. So, um, the one thing I, I, I agree with Kyle with is that I, I, I also believe that there's a, a, almost a certainty that there's a possible, a great possibility that the Jets do draft down. Uh, so um, Jacksonville goes with Lawrence as always, but yeah, draft the Jets draft down, and I think the team that needs the quarterback most is the Carolina Panthers at eight. So I'd say that the Jets go down to eight. Um, so uh, Panthers are picking, and the Panthers take Justin Fields, number two. Uh, uh, Miami has an issue with pass rush. Um, Miami has an issue with speed on the outside at wide receiver. So I say Jamal Chase goes to Miami, number three. Um, the Falcons, I think the Falcons have a chance to get more cap, uh, draft capital here and draft down. I don't know if that's a possibility um, on who they would draft, who would want to come up uh, for um, – Who's the team that would want to come up for uh, – what's his name? The kid, the, the quarterback. Um, Wilson. Wilson. Um, I think if you uh, – let's go through it a little bit here. I said teams that are hungry for, for quarterback. Okay, so the Panthers came up. So who's going to come up to the Falcons on number four? Um, or are the Falcons going to pick a quarterback now? And, 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 and – you know, that's a possibility. Do they have the cojones to do something like that? Uh, I would, I would. Um, so I think, I think if I'm Atlanta, I would be looking out to the future. Even if I think they have massive issues at, at, uh, at, in their, on defense, especially at corner, I think if they could get another corner like they did last year, uh, that they would, that would help them. But I think quarterback is more, of an organizational stabilizer. So I would stay there and I would pick a quarterback and let him sit for a year behind Matt Ryan. Uh, so Wilson goes number four to the Falcons. Uh, number five, 
Um, this is where the offensive line comes out. Uh, Penny Sewell first, number five to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, number six to the Philadelphia Eagles have issues with uh, skill position. And Jamar Chase is off the board. So the next best thing is, is, is twofold. Is either you go with the tight end uh, or you go with uh, Devontae Smith. And I go with Devontae Smith because you just need to create a situation where, he, where people can't get their hands on him too often. And I think I think in in the NFL today you could do that. You could you could you know line him up inside and and have him constantly moving before pre snap, give him the space to be able to run his multitude of of releases. So I think that that's a great fit there for for the Eagles. Uh, uh, the the Lions. Um, I think the Lions need linebacker help, and they get a great talent in Micah Parsons at number. Seven, uh, the Jets, number eight. Um, this is where I think you take a player that is versatile. You take a player that could do two things, that kill two birds with one stone. Um, do we, because I don't think, I don't know if you want to go Jalen Waddle um, because in the kind of offense that, that, uh, the Kyle Shannon offense, you need a guy that could be both a gadget guy and a guy that could break open speed down the field. Um, you could pick that, or you could go with a most, uh, um, you could go with a guard tackle center combination, which, which would be Rashawn Slater, in my opinion. You take that kid and then you plug him in the middle there with, let's say if we pick up uh, – Joe Thune playing left guard and then you put him at right guard right next to McGovern with Fant on one side and oh my goodness that, that's a hell of a line in my opinion uh, so so I'd go with Rashawn Slater for the Jets there which I think that would probably not be an popular pick <laughs> but um, but and you know I, I, I'm different I try to be at least um, the Denver Broncos um they definitely need uh, they need help outside um, on the defense and and DB in the DB room. So um, I think AJ Boye is, is is leaving in free agency. So uh, you take Patrick Sertan, in my opinion, the better corner over Caleb Farley. So I, I will go with uh, Patrick Sertan for the um, Broncos, and I take Farley going to the Cowboys. All right, and that's it. That's it for this episode. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Just Fans Podcast. Give us some feedback. Um, not just feedback. Uh, give give us some ratings. Give us some more ratings. Uh, we do this for y'all every week. Till next time, we're taking for it. Big fight. Chris. Yo. Yeah, something happened with my um with my thing. So you're gonna have to make me the host. So when I so when I uh. I guess leave leave all the meeting, then I can then I could be able to have the recording because I don't know what the hell happened. That shit kicked me out with the metal. Oh okay. Well, oh wow, really? Yeah, when y'all was talking, when I after I asked y'all the questions about the guards, then the shit just kicked me out. I don't know what the hell happened, and then it made oh, wow. Chris the host. Wow. It was oh. still recording. It's still recording now. So uh, yeah. Oh, okay. So what do I do? Just stop? Stop recording? You can stop it. Yeah, you can stop it. And then after that, just make me the host of the room so I can um so when I okay. end end it, I could be able to